Before I start the sermon this morning, I'd like for you to do something. If you would like to, stand up. You don't have to, but if you would, stand up a moment. Look at the building that you're in. Look at your hands. Look down at your clothes. Look around at the people. Now listen to this verse. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Thank you. You may be seated. I think that begins to give us a little bit of an idea about what stewardship is about because everything belongs to God. All of us belong to God. Everything we has, have doesn't really belong to us. It belongs to God. Now, if we're going to have that idea, then how are we going to use what God has entrusted to us to help carry out His purpose? We need to plan. When I was pastor at Newberry, Every year we did mission trips. They were construction mission trips. We worked with a group out of Alabama that worked with churches all over the eastern and, and midwestern and northeastern United States because some of the churches we helped, you know, would come and work with us later. But uh, the way that worked was an architect would draw up the plans. Two big churches in Alabama would go and they would uh, put up the framework. And then every week during the summer, Two or three different churches would go and they would do what needed to be done at that stage of the building. And whenever we would get there, we would look and see what needed to be done. And then our crew leader, who was a contractor, would say, okay, who can do this kind of work? Who can do that kind of work? Who can do this work over here? And we would be divided up in teams and then we would go to work. There was an overall plan and then there was individual plans as we got there and started working. We, we used a plan to accomplish the work that needed to be done. For several weeks, we've been looking at Joseph and how Joseph was a good steward. And let me review just right quickly the story of Joseph. You're familiar with it. A favorite son made his brothers jealous. They sold him as a slave. He was, you know, a slave in Egypt and then in prison for 13 years. Finally got an opportunity to go and appear before Pharaoh and interpret a dream that Pharaoh had. And when Joseph went, God gave him the interpretation that he needed of Pharaoh's dream to let them get ready for what was coming. And God also must have given him a plan about how to prepare for what was coming. And so we're going to look at a passage of Scripture this morning from Genesis 41, and we're going to be looking at this plan that uh, Joseph was able to share with Pharaoh. Genesis 41, beginning with verse 28. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, this is after Pharaoh had told Joseph his dreams, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered, because the famine that follows it will be so severe. 
The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. Now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined. Joseph had a plan and he was going to use his influence with Pharaoh because once he interpreted that dream from Pharaoh, he had some influence with Pharaoh. And so he was going to use his influence with Pharaoh so that he could share that plan, the plan that was necessary to be able to carry out God's purpose and preserve the people that were going to be affected by that famine. Now, notice what God, Joseph did. First and foremost, Joseph emphasized God. If you look at verse 28, Joseph said, It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. He was using his influence to make it known to Pharaoh that God was in charge of things, that God was controlling things. And again in verse 32, he says, The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. Joseph was using his influence to help Pharaoh know that it wasn't Pharaoh who was really in control of all things, even though he was ruler over all of Egypt. It was God who was in control of all things. We need to remember that sometimes. Ultimately, God is in control. Now, Joseph made that claim, and then he had a plan. And that plan is, you know, that we read is kind of summarized here in verse 34, let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. In other words, Joseph said, you need a head guy. Here's the plan. You need a head man. Once you've got that head man, then you've got other people under him, and they're going to be in charge of making sure that during the years of abundance, enough food is stored to last through the years of famine. It's a fairly simple plan on the surface of it, but if you stop and think about, you know, you've got to do that for a whole country, there's going to be a lot of work involved. A lot of people were going to be involved. So consider Joseph's plan. Joseph's plan grew out of God's purpose. Chapter 50, verse 20, Joseph said, God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That's God's purpose. God's purpose is to save lives. God's purpose is to save. God's purpose is to save people. God is in the saving business. That's His purpose. Joseph came up with a plan, but the plan was intended to carry out God's purpose. It wasn't just any old plan. It was in accordance with what God had decided needed to be done with, in accordance with what God wanted done. And the plan included many people. Because you see, Joseph couldn't do it by himself. 
he was going to take an army of people to be able to organize all of this for the whole nation. And so they were commissioners, and they've got people working under them, and, and eventually the work got done. Joseph used his influence to sell his plan to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh bought into the plan, which was a good thing. Did you know that God works in the same way? God's purpose is still to save. He comes to save us from sin. He comes to save us from the consequences of sin, which is eternal death. He comes to save us to eternal life. He comes to save us to an abundant life. He comes to save us. His purpose is still to save. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4 says, This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's God's purpose. So that everyone might come to a knowledge of the truth, everyone might be saved and have eternal life. And so God works. He works by a plan, and His plan was Jesus. He sent Jesus into the world to live among us, to set an example for us, but most of all to die on the cross so that our sins might be forgiven and then to raise Him from the dead to show that God has the power to save even from death, even from eternal death. He has the power to give life. God has that plan. That's His plan, and it's for everybody. He wants us all to be saved. He wants us all to belong to Him forever so that He might bless us forever. Now, how do we get in on God's plan? Well, it's pretty simple. It's as simple as ABC. First of all, you've got to accept that you are a sinner. Sometimes that's kind of hard. But the Scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When Tammy was talking to the lady yesterday, she was right. That lady was a sinner, Tammy was a sinner, and the preacher's a sinner. We've all sinned. If you don't believe it, ask Joy. <laughs> We're all sinners. We all need a Savior. We have to accept the fact that we are sinners. We can't say, well, I'm pretty good, or I'm as good as the next guy, or I'm better than most people, or the things I've done wrong, well, it's just because, you know, I was born that way and can't help it. Uh-uh. We're sinners. We have to accept that. And then we believe in Jesus. Scripture says, yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. A, accept that you are a sinner. B, believe in Jesus. That means you trust in Jesus. You trust Jesus to do for you what you can't do for yourself. You can't forgive your own sin. Jesus can forgive it. You can't work your way to heaven. Jesus can open the door to heaven for you. You trust Jesus. You believe in Jesus to do what you need to have done. And then you confess Jesus openly. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how we get to fulfill God's purpose to save us. We admit that we are sinners. We believe in Jesus. We trust in Him. And then we show openly, we say openly that, yes, I'm following Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my Master. I'm living for Him now. Admit, believe, confess. 
Now, that plan of salvation needs to be shared with others. Most of you know that, don't you? You know the ABCs of salvation. But it's to be shared. Jesus said, we're to go and make disciples of all nations. We're to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're to teach them to obey what Jesus taught. That's a pretty big job. But it begins with telling people that God has a purpose for them. The purpose for them is eternal life. Here's how they can get in on that purpose. Admit, believe, confess. Can you remember ABC? Admit, believe, confess. Can you remember three verses of Scripture? Romans 3.23, John 1.12, Romans 10.9. Can you do those? You know. ABC, admit, believe, confess, three verses of Scripture. If you can remember that, you can be a witness. That's all it takes to share the simple plan of salvation that God wants accomplished. But you know, we need to consider some questions about ourselves. We need to consider some questions about how we fit in with God's purpose. Think about this. What is your purpose in life? What are you living for? Are you living to get rich? Are you living to have as much fun as possible? Are you living to accumulate as many things as possible, to have as many experiences as possible? What are you living for? You're living for some reason. You need to have a purpose in life. What's your purpose in life? Does it line up in any way with God's purpose to save everybody? Your purpose, in one way or another, ought to be lined up with God's purpose. And God's purpose is that all might have the opportunity to come to salvation. So if you've got a purpose, what's your plan for reaching your purpose? You're not going to get there unless you plan. You you take a trip somewhere and you've never been there before, you get at the map or you set your GPS or whatever so that you can have a plan on how you're going to get there. Well, if you've got a purpose... What's your plan for getting there? Does that plan include making Jesus known in any way? It should. If you're a believer, is the plan you have for your life lining up with the purpose you have for your life that lines up with God's purpose with the whole world? And then, who are the people you need to be able to help you carry out your plan so that you could achieve your purpose? Somewhere or another, we're going to have to be interlinked with other people. Unless you've got a pretty scrawny purpose. If it has any size to it, any worth to it, any value to it at all, you're going to have to have others to help you with it. You know, God gave us a pretty big task. That task was, you know, sending us as His people out to share the good news about Jesus because His purpose is for people to be saved. God is in the saving business. And if we're going to do that, we can't do that as just individuals. And we can't do that as just a small group. You know what that means? It means that you need to join a church if you aren't already a member of one because you can't carry out God's purpose of saving the world on your own. You've got to join with other believers so that we can work together to share the good news. And churches need to cooperate with one another. 
because one church can't reach the world. But if we work together, we can make a pretty big dent in it. Southern Baptist Convention, established back in the mid-1800s, and the reason churches throughout the then United States, especially the southern United States at that time, you know, the idea was how can we cooperate together to send missionaries to tell the good news about Jesus around the world? How can we send missionaries throughout the United States where people need to know about Jesus? And how can we train the people to be pastors and missionaries that we need to get this job done? And so it was established and it's still going on. Now it's course nationwide, though we're still known as the Southern Baptist Convention, there are only over 40,000 churches in the Southern Baptist Convention. And we have a way of working together that we call the cooperative program. And that means that we give our money through the cooperative program. You know, think of, think of the cooperative program as a pipeline. It's, it's not the thing that does the work, it's the thing that gets the money through to where the work needs to be done. And so, we give in our church, part of what we give goes through the cooperative program. Some of it helps support the work in South Carolina. Some of it helps support the work in North America. Some of it helps support the work around the world. We have over 4,900 missionaries overseas telling the good news of Jesus. Anybody ever ask you, does your church support a missionary? Say, yeah, almost 5,000 of them. We also support over 5,000 missionaries in the United States. Somebody says, your church doing anything to reach our country? Yeah, we're helping to support 5,000 missionaries who are trying to share the good news throughout North America. So, you know, that's the way it works. Now, how do we get to be a part in that? We are a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, and we support its mission efforts through our giving through the cooperative program. This week, you're going to get a letter from me, and it's going to be talking a little bit about stewardship, and it's going to be talking about giving. And along with that letter, you're going to get a commitment card. It's going to be a small commitment card, and it will fit in your offering envelope. And this commitment card is going to not, it's not going to say how much are you going to give, you know, in, in, in a monetary value. It's just going to give you the opportunity to make a commitment. And one of those is, I tithe or I will tithe. I will give 10% of my income to my church to help do God's work in the world. That's the biblical guideline is 10%. You know, Malachi said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. The Old Testament law says you, you tithe the tenth of the produce of the field. You know, that's just the general guideline. So 10%. That's one commitment you could make. You might say, I can't give 10% yet. I'm not in a position financially to be able to do that. So there's another line that will be on there that will say, I will work toward giving 10% of my income, and each year I will increase my giving by 1%, 2%, 3%, whatever it's going to take so that over the next few years you'll get to that 10%. Because that's the general guideline that God gives us for our giving. doesn't mean you have to stop there, but you ought to try to work to get there. And then there's one other thing that you can check. I will support my church's special offerings for you know, local missions here in the United States, I mean, here in South Carolina, the Janie Chapman offering, here in the United States, the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, around the world, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Now, 
we're going to start promoting Annie Armstrong next week. And uh, we'll be thinking about trying to give for North American missions. But it's just the idea that this is something that gives you an opportunity to put that in your offering envelope next week, turn it in. It's not going to be tabulated. It's not going to be counted. It's not going to be added up. It's just going to be put in the church office. The reason we're giving that to you is if you write down something and sign your name to it, you're probably more likely to follow through. So you're, you're being given an opportunity to follow a plan to give. And we need a plan to reach our purpose. And so I just ask you to prayerfully consider this and see what part is God using, leading you to use of everything that He's given you and that He Himself owns all of it. How much are you willing to give back to Him and to make a commitment to do so? We've been thinking about Joseph for several weeks. We've thought about Joseph as a good steward of his challenges, difficulties that came into his life. He handled them well. He was good with his opportunities. When he got a chance, he took it. He made a good use of his opportunities. He made good use of his relationships and, you know, just set an outstanding example of forgiveness and mercy and grace and love. He was a good steward of his influence when he had the opportunity to influence someone about who God is and what God wants done, he took it. Whether it was with his own brothers or whether it was with Pharaoh himself, he used his influence to point people to God and what he wanted to do. And because he was willing to use his influence, he made a tremendous impact on his time. And he still impacts us today. Because we've been studying about him for four weeks now, and I bet we've learned a lot about God's purpose and about God's plan and about how God wants us to fit into it. Joseph aligned himself with God's purpose. Wasn't always easy. Man, he ended up being a slave for 13 years. He ended up in jail. Wasn't easy. But you know, he always came to the place where he said he realized that it was to accomplish God's purpose. And so it was worthwhile. A lot of green shirts in here this morning. Some of, some of us, like join. I forgot to wear a green shirt this morning. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of work to do week here, wasn't it? Didn't it take a lot of work? I mean, a lot of people worked a lot of ways. Let me ask you a question. Was it worth it? Amen? Yeah, amen, it was. Yeah, I got ready to go home yesterday and I thought, Man, I've had a blast today. It's been so good to work with God's people, to do God's work, and to see an impact made for God in this community. You know, it was worth it. It's always worth it when you're investing for God. It's always the right thing when you have the attitude, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, even though it's going to cost me. Guess who else had that attitude? Jesus. Jesus, when he went to the cross... He was going to do what he had to do, even though it was going to cost him pain and suffering in his very life, because no matter what, he was going to align himself with God's plan to save the world. Man, don't we have a wonderful Savior who was willing to do that so that we might be saved? And the question is, are you ready to align yourself with God's purpose.
Be a good steward of your influence. Know what God's purpose is. Well, you've heard it this morning. It's to save. Always has been. Always will be. Know that God's in control. He's in control of all things. And He can take everything that happens to us, the good and the bad, and bring good out of it. People will be blessed by it. Be willing to sacrifice to carry out God's purpose. Sometimes it takes sacrifice. It's not always easy. Be willing to use your resources. Not just your material things, your time, your energy, your effort, your influence. Work with others. We can't do it by ourselves. We've got to cooperate with others. Follow a plan. You're not going to get there unless you've got a plan. Joseph used his influence to carry out God's purpose in the world. We're to do the same.